It's Friday, May 6th. I'm Sarah Y. Kim. Maryland's COVID-19 positivity rate surpasses 6%. The FDA further limits the use of the J&J vaccine. Governor Hogan is withholding abortion training funds. What does this mean for the availability of abortion in Maryland? Baltimore's police districts are set to be redrawn for the first time in decades. The president of the University of Maryland, Baltimore County, steps down. Plus some tips from a physician on what to do this Mother's Day. It's the Daily Dose from WYPR. Our latest reporting on Maryland's COVID-19 response and the local news of the day. Made possible by GBMC Healthcare. The state's COVID-19 positivity rate is now at 6.05%. The positivity rate had already surpassed the 5% mark earlier this week. The Maryland Department of Health also reported this morning nearly 2,000 new cases in the past 24 hours. Hospitalizations also continue to go up slowly. There are currently 236 patients. Four people have died, bringing Maryland's total pandemic death toll to 14,221. The FDA is further limiting the use of the single-dose Johnson & Johnson vaccine to people who cannot get or refuse to get the Pfizer or Moderna vaccines. The decision is due to the J&J vaccine's role in causing a very rare but severe blood clotting disorder in some recipients. There have been 60 cases of that disorder out of 18 million doses of J&J vaccine administered. As national attention has turned to abortion rights, Governor Larry Hogan has decided not to release the $3.5 million state lawmakers set aside for training new abortion care providers, delaying the program's start until next year. WYPR's Callan Tanzel-Suddeth has more. Hogan vetoed the bill that created the program last month. The General Assembly quickly overrode the veto. Now a Hogan spokesperson has confirmed to the Baltimore Sun that he will withhold the funds, arguing it would set back women's health standards. Bill sponsor Delegate Ariana Kelly, a Montgomery County Democrat, told WYPR the governor's logic is flawed. She said the measure received widespread support from the medical community. Once the Supreme Court makes a decision on Roe, uh, the issue goes the way we expect it to go. Uh, We are going to have increased demand in the state of Maryland, and that's going to hurt women's health for both women in Maryland and women outside of Maryland if we don't have enough trained providers. Kelly said Hogan can still decide to implement the program at any time before the end of his tenure as governor. For WYPR News, I'm Callan Tansel-Suddeth. Researchers have detected a porcine virus in a man who died two months after becoming the first person to receive a pig heart transplant. 57-year-old David Bennett received the gene-edited pig heart on January 7th at the University of Maryland Medical School Hospital. Bennett died in March. Professor of Surgery Dr. Bartley Griffith told the New York Times it's possible the virus played a role in Bennett's death. But there's no indication the virus caused an infection or that Bennett's body refused the organ. 47 candidates apply to become the next superintendent of Anne Arundel County Public Schools. Officials are now beginning to narrow down the list of contenders to replace current superintendent George Arlotto, who was not offered a third contract. According to state law, a new or interim superintendent must begin on July 1st, which is the start of the school system's next fiscal year. Baltimore Mayor Brandon Scott is asking the public for input on plans to redraw the city's nine police districts. It's a move WYPR's Callan Tanzel-Suddeth learned that has long been called for. 
During a morning news conference, Mayor Scott said residents have been demanding changes to the boundaries, which have not been redrawn since 1959. Our current districts fail to efficiently and adequately distribute uh, police resources. With new districts, Scott said, We can optimize police response time and facilitate better engagement between law enforcement and our communities. Police Commissioner Michael Harrison said public feedback is vital. Instituting this public input before and after the new maps are determined allows residents to be a part of this important process. City residents can view their neighborhood boundaries and submit feedback on the Baltimore Police Department's website now. For WYPR News, I'm Callan Tansel Suddeth. Today is Fallen Heroes Day. Marylanders held a tribute at Delaney Valley Memorial Gardens for 15 first responders who died in the line of duty in the past year. The tribute also honors a firefighter and police officer who died in the line of duty before the tradition started in 1986. Among those honored are Baltimore Fire Lieutenant Kelsey Sadler, Lieutenant Paul Buttram, and Firefighter Kenny Lakeo, all who died in a house fire in January on Stricker Street. After three decades, Freeman Rabowski will step down this summer as president of University of Maryland, Baltimore County. Rabowski has become nationally known for transforming the school into a leading research institution with a diverse student body. WYPR's John Lee reports. Getting a selfie with Freeman Rabowski on the UMBC campus is a thing. Let's get us in this picture. Great. And with that, I love it. Rabowski was frequently stopped by students asking for selfies at a recent event on campus celebrating UMBC being recognized as one of the top research institutions in the country. After working the crowd, the 71-year-old Rabowski stepped up to the podium and received a rock star greeting. Hello! I love you! And if you're wondering why everyone was barking, the school mascot is a Chesapeake Bay Retriever. Rabowski calls UMBC a magical place with a diverse student population that looks like the Plaza of Nations at the UN. Minorities make up more than 50 percent of the student body. Part of the credit for that is given to the Meyerhoff Scholars Program. It's open to students of all backgrounds who want to get a Ph.D. in science or engineering. And that's a part of the magic that we have been able to do what others are now wanting to do, and that is to educate students from all races across the disciplines. Rabowski says UMBC is the leading university in the country in producing black undergraduates who go on to get their PhDs in natural sciences and engineering. He credits the faculty and staff for making that happen. They were committed to this idea of diversity in the sciences, but in the humanities, in all these areas. They have worked to give more support to students. Then there's UMBC's work in Baltimore City Schools. The idea is to give disadvantaged children and students from different backgrounds a shot at one day getting a degree. The Sherman STEM Teacher Scholars Program supports UMBC students who want to become teachers in Baltimore City. Rehana Shafi, 
The program's director says it includes an intensive tutoring program created for some city students who are struggling academically through the COVID-19 pandemic. We've been serving 355 kids in four schools with over 100 UMBC students who work with them one-on-one -on -one every week. To, and we're working with the kids who are testing in the lowest percentiles to help them have the basic skills so that they can actually access the curriculum that's being taught during the school day. The program trains educators to teach STEM classes in city schools. It includes a longtime partnership with Lakeland Elementary Middle School nearby in southwest Baltimore. The idea is to support those great teachers at Lakeland and the other schools in that area as we produce more teachers for the city and other challenging schools. UMBC is a relatively young university. It opened in 1966. Rabowski is its first black president. His road to leading UMBC and his mission to make higher education more diverse began with his early upbringing in segregated Birmingham, Alabama in the 50s and 60s. Baltimore is the Upper South. I always tell people that one day we think like Philadelphia, the next day like Richmond. But, but when you get to Birmingham, it's the Deep South. And I, I take great pride in that because it has been the struggle of the Deep South that reflects the struggle of the country in many ways when talking about these issues. Rabowski was a classmate of one of the girls killed in the 1963 bombing of the 16th Street Baptist Church by the Ku Klux Klan. At the age of 12, he was jailed for five days for taking part in the Children's Crusade March, an experience he calls awful but rich. He grew up in a home filled with books and faith. And they told us as children, the adults, that we needed to work as hard as we could as hard as we could, to be twice as good, because the world would not always be fair, and that we didn't have time to be a victim. He says he tells students, both on campus and in the city schools, that if they can read well, all things are possible, even when dealing with what he terms structural discrimination. The fact is, we must teach our children to want to know, to dare to know, to learn, to read, to think. And that all came from my upbringing in Birmingham. Rabowski recalled a recent address he made at a high school in Virginia. He says the subtleties of discrimination today often make it difficult for many to see the vestiges of racism are still alive in our institutions. It was so clear as people were saying, well, we don't have the same kind of racism, but the brilliant STEM students were all white. And the children who were having academic problems and reading issues were all black. And the adults, all very nice, but the fact was that there was that same demarcation by race. Back at the campus celebration for UMBC being named one of the nation's top research universities, it's called an R1 classification, students and faculty are displaying what they've been working on. They're collaborating with the Army and the University of Maryland College Park on using artificial intelligence on the battlefield. Anupam Joshi is the director of UMBC's Cybersecurity Center. This used to be a commuter campus, no research, mostly teaching, and when Freeman leaves, it's an R1. So. Greg Simmons, a UMBC vice president who's been at the school for 30 years, says President Rabowski's leadership has shown that public higher education can transform lives. It's people unlocking the real power of a place where people from all backgrounds, who look like anything, who are smart and want to work with other people, the problems that they could solve together and how we can be better together than any one of us could be individually. Caitlin Lilly, a senior at UMBC, double majoring in physics and mathematics, says Rabowski has a few quotes that are well known around campus. One of them is, is oh man, he's going to get you in trouble if I get this one wrong, but watch your thoughts, they become your words. Watch your words, they become your 
actions. Watch your actions, they become your habits. Watch your habits, they become your character. And watch your character becomes your destiny. Once he steps down, Rabelsky says he will no longer be on campus out of respect for the incoming president, Valerie Shears Ashby. However, UMBC is in my blood. I am, in terms of my soul, I am not leaving. (laughs) John Lee, WIPR News. This Sunday is Mother's Day, and for those who are thinking of how they can make their mothers feel extra special this year, we have some tips from a physician. Dr. Kevin Ference is chair of the Department of Family Medicine at GBMC. He says this is the time to think of how to support mothers' health needs. I think it's an opportunity for us to talk to women who are mothers who very often spend a whole lot of time taking care of other people and don't necessarily take care of themselves. The pandemic, of course, has made it a lot more difficult for moms to get their checkups. Tens of thousands of women have not gone for mammograms, have not gone for pap smears, haven't had their uh, hemoglobin A1Cs checked if they have diabetes, haven't had colonoscopies. It's really been a terrible time. Dr. Farron says start with checking in. Mom, when's the last time you went to see your doctor? When's the last time you had your blood pressure checked? When's the last time anybody ever checked your cholesterol? And of course, it's not just physical health, but mental health. It might be interesting to ask your mother, what can I do to help lighten your load? Is there anything I can do to help you not have to do so much for everybody else? Can I um, watch my siblings or uh, my, you know, my children or somebody that you've been working with um, so that you can go out once a week? Um, can I, can I um, pay for you to get a massage once a month so that you can have some time? Do you want to go out with your friends one night a week or one night every other week so you can uh, chew the fat with people that you know and love and see if that will give you some, um, some time to help you chill out? Buying gifts is, of course, one way to celebrate moms on Mother's Day. But Dr. Ferentz says providing certain services and experiences can be much more meaningful. It's way more important to make sure that your mother is getting the health care that she needs and the mental health care that she needs than uh, getting her flowers. That's not to say don't get her flowers, but there would be a whole lot more benefit to make sure that your mom's getting her health care. Dr. Kevin Ferentz is a physician and chair of the Department of Family Medicine at GBMC. He's also associate professor in the Department of Family Medicine at the University of Maryland School of Medicine and a clinical instructor at the Johns Hopkins School of Medicine. We cover the news of the day here on The Daily Dose, but it's also a platform for listeners like you. Got a thought or a story you want to share about life in the era of coronavirus? Leave us a voicemail to play on an upcoming episode. The number 410-235-6060. We've also got a button on the WYPR app so you can record a voice memo that way too. Just tap Daily Dose comments on the app or give us a call. The number again... 410-235-6060. We're always happy to hear from you, and we'll be here for you again on Monday. 
The Daily Dose is brought to you by WIPR, made possible by GBMC Healthcare. Big thanks to my news team colleagues, Rachel Bay, John Lee, Joel McCord, and Callan Hansel Suddeth. Our digital content director is Jamila Krempel, and our general manager is LaFontaine Oliver. The executive editor of The Daily Dose is Danielle Irby. Stay healthy, stay sane, and stand together. I'm Sarah Y. Kim. Thanks for listening.